0: Hey SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheet mashups and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing AudienceKey, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system providing unparalleled feedback loops between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com and apply for a free trial today. the 16th of uh march 2023 stuck halfway in between the ides of march and saint patrick's day so um happy saint patrick's day to uh all our irish and wannabe irish fans out there it's been a great interesting terrifying um uh (laughs) financial crisis defying week and for fun we're going to talk about SEOopoly halfway through the show. Um, what a week, Christine. Um, well, this is Jim Hedgeford, Always Media, and Christine Jackinger from Sites Without Walls. I always forget to do that, that intro. And you know what else I always forget to do in our intro, what I got to do from now on? I got to say this, hey, SEOs and content marketers, say goodbye to crazy spreadsheets, mashups, and experience unprecedented connectivity between your SEO planning and reporting data. Introducing AudienceKey, technology for keyword mapping, content brief automation, and rank tracking that form an SEO strategy system, providing unparalleled feedback between planning, reporting, and optimization activities. Put your time and energy into strategy, not into data upkeep. Visit audiencekey.com to apply for a free trial today. And special thanks to our uh, our sponsors at Audience Key. Um, yeah.
1: Good product too.:
0: It is a great product. We've talked about it a couple times. And that said, let's get to the news. It's been a wild week. We almost had a uh, financial meltdown in the tech industry, and there's still... Worrying signs about a greater uh, meltdown in the international banking community. I uh, credit Credit Suisse, where we're kind of looking over over in that direction. Um, a number of uh, uh, American banks were threatened. One of which actually failed and then got propped up at the last second, um, which very likely prevented uh, uh, the the shutdown of a number of. Uh, startups throughout North America um, and, and and around the world, um, but again, there's shakiness in other parts of the financial system as well, so worth watching out for, but the one that I think our listeners were most concerned about and most familiar with was what happened at Silicon Valley Bank. Um, so, Christine, at this time last week, there was rumblings and rumors and uh, secret mechanizations happening behind the scenes, but there wasn't a full-scale meltdown. That didn't happen till a few hours from now last week. What happened with SVB, uh, Silicon Valley Bank?
1: Well, first, let's uh, make sure our listeners understand that this is not going to affect a regular person's money in their Bank of America or their Wells Fargo. So, so. Silicon Valley bank is very special, specialized, sorry, uh, to uh, Silicon Valley and startups and tech companies. And uh, they, they were the 16th largest bank in the country. And they basically had a bank run. If people remember what happened in It's a Wonderful Life. If you're in an America and you haven't seen that, I'd be shocked uh, when they come to the bank and they all want their money. Well, that happened at an absolutely massive pace last week where I believe it was, they took out 50 billion over 24 hours and the bank couldn't cover those losses. Uh, It was exempt from some of the stress testing that's done on larger banks. uh, And so they weren't aware that they were unable to make that kind of cover. And so the FDIC stepped in and they closed the bank down. Now everybody that has deposits in the bank is covered by a special fund, the banks were, compelled to put together to cover losses, but the shareholders and the owners will get no bailout. So there's no taxpayer money going to cover the losses here.
0: OK, now it's hard to sometimes separate the um, cynical side uh, and the the almost sarcastic side of this story um, with the very real like, oh, my goodness, some um, people and, and, and people in our industry who were reliant on companies that had monies in uh, Silicon Valley Bank could have been quite worried at this time last week but as you said Christine there those funds are available to the account holders so they might not be available right now immediately but they, they will be they will be in the coming weeks if if they aren't right now they are, they are absolutely right now
1: yeah they said they're available within 24 hours to any depositors so the fdic has that fund that covers the depositors so um And what happened was they had bought a bunch of low-interest loans and mortgage-backed securities, I believe it was, and the interest rates went up and they didn't diversify their portfolio. So they had to started selling these um, assets at a loss and that triggered um, uh, people rumoring. So um, yeah, just to be clear, FDIC covers 250,000 in personal assets, but the actual FDIC came in and covered the depositors on this from this bank fund that they put together after the 2008 crash. So that's a separate fund for specifically for this type of situation, not the normal 250,000. So anybody in the United States who has money in a FDIC insured bank, which is almost all of us, uh, if you lose up to $250,000, that's immediately covered. Uh, But in this case, there were 80% of the assets were unsecured, which means that 80% of the money in the bank had no FDIC insurance, but they did step in and use this fund, plus what they're selling off in assets from the bank to cover those depositors so the depositors were able to get through their money within 24 to 48 hours. Now, so, but that's hard. what triggered it, is, 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 is selling off of the stuff at a loss, and then there was a Silicon Valley gossip chain uh, that started to make it worse.
0: You know, as, as, as I said earlier, it's sometimes hard to separate the irony from the reality in this story. For instance, many of the principals of uh, Silicon Valley Bank actually lobbied uh, the Trump government to relax and remove some of the Dodd Frank's provisions that had uh, been put in place after the massive crash in uh, in 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 two thousand and eight. Um, so I think it was um, uh,
1: it was the CEO that was one of the big avo- advocates yeah. of
0: that. But I'm, it, I'm just I'm I'm trying to remember. It was the Trump administration, uh, yes,
1: yeah,
0: that did remove these. So. There was protections guardrails that would have, um, as as Christine said earlier, stress test tested the bank's ability to deal with uh, with a potential run on its assets. Um, And this might have prevented what could have been a great contagion. Um, The other thing uh, that you just alluded to was the Silicon Valley uh, rumor mill. I'm confused on this point. I, am, I, I i admit to not fully understanding the story. But as I understand it, one of the ma- one of the biggest principles in the bank, and in fact, um, one could say, a f- almost like a founder of the bank, Peter Thiel, he pulled his investors' fund and all those monies from the bank. What, like two days, a day before it crashed?
1: Yeah, it was a couple. It was it was a couple days. Uh, I don't remember the exact time frame. But, yes, his his fund pulled out all their money. Um, that was based on – Is that on, uh, Not for Peter Thiel. He's done this more than once. But, uh, but uh, there was, of course, a rumor because they were selling their assets at a loss that the bank is having troubles. But mm-hmm. the idea with the Founders Fund pulling out all their money was a big part of what triggered the, uh, of the collapse because there was so much money in that fund. Uh, He kept his apparently 50 million of his personal cash in there. But as far as the rest of the money, they had taken out all their funds by Thursday when it collapsed. So there is there is a rumor that they were Twitter uh, promoting like people pulling stuff out. But that actually didn't happen until after the monies were the bank was taken over. But there was there are DOJ investigations right now going into. Was there something nefarious on the back end? And Peter Thiel is a focus of one of those investigations. Now, that doesn't mean he's done anything, but it does mean that they are looking into his role in it, especially because they pulled out so much money so quickly, and uh, they were one of the ones to try to push some other people to do the same.
0: I think I think one one piece of the story that has been underreported has has been the effect of um, increased interest rates. Um, we went from money costing almost nothing um two or three years ago to money being in the like two to three percent range for for even large lenders now um and that has an effect on you know uh, a bank holds x number of assets and investments um and has put out x number of bonds for a certain number of years um a major shift in interest rates could completely underwrite, or I'm sorry, under undermine the uh, the value of um, loans the bank has put out or um, credits that the bank holds. So,
1: and I'm
0: oh, sorry. Yeah.
1: No, I was just going to say, and this is where the stress testing would have helped. So, when they lobbied to have the regulations removed for banks their size, and there's no, there is an argument to be made that it was, you know, not letting them grow as much as they thought they could but they grew four times the size they were when they started and they went from 40% unsecured assets to 80% unsecured assets which means had they been stress tested for their like current investments uh, they would have known that there's no way they could make a you know they could have covered a run on the bank and then apparently also they can make these movements with money now like just from their cell phones so it's very fast like I believe they were losing I've heard anywhere between one million and four million per minute uh, <laughs> over the course. Of, yeah, phenomenal, was,
0: phenomenal yeah. amount of money.
1: Yes, yeah, being withdrawn from the bank, so it it was you know the fact that they could remove it so fast that they removed so much, but also ha- because they didn't have any stress testing, they weren't put on alert that hey, you can't cover your assets, you got to do something about that.
0: So what's what is the status quo, and um, how secure is uh, SVB moving forward?
1: Well, is done. SUV is is um, taken over by the government. It's being sold off as for its assets and looking for a buyer. So they're going to allow someone to purchase it. But it, as it exists currently, last week by Thursday, it, that no longer exists. That's all been liquidated to the to the government. Um, there's a couple other banks that have fallen under this two signatures one, but I don't know a lot of the details about the signature. But it was related. But this again, the big banks right now, they're doing really well. Your Wells Fargo's, your Bank America's, your Chase, because guess where all the money went that people got back from, the depositors got back from SVB? Well, they're putting that money into (laughs) the big banks where they know that that's not going to happen overnight. Now, some of the reason people used SVB is because they had different kinds of policies that a regular bank would have for like covering payrolls or covering deals they wanted to do or helping them facilitate deals. So there was a reason the bank existed for mostly startups and tech firms, but Roku was one of the big startups that was. I'm caught up in this. Roku, fortunately, though, has a hundred and I believe it's 75 billion on cash on hand. So they weren't going to be um, devastated. But of course, they got their money back because it was covered. But uh, it still it affected big companies, too. We think of startups as all being small ones, but Roku is pretty, oh, oh, pretty indeed. large. Indeed. Yeah, pretty large company. But again, it will not affect a regular depositor. Your money in your bank, if you're a regular person just making a paycheck, going to Bank of America, going to Wells Fargo, you're not affected by this. Your banks are actually making more money. And you have two hundred fifty thousand dollars of your assets covered, always one hundred percent from any bank failure. If it's an FDCI covered bank, and all major banks in the U.S. are covered that way.
0: Okay, we uh we have um actually we have the guy who um reinvented uh Monopoly in SEO's image waiting in the in the in the green room. But I want to get one more story in before we get to before we get to Jeff. Um, just a short one because there's not a lot we can really say about it yet, except to say that it's happening. We're so Christine and I are talking yesterday, and I'm, 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 I'm t- we're both telling each other the blues about different websites that 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 we're working on that are just you know beating up on us. eh? and then Christine says the most horrible things you could possibly say to me. They released a core oh update. <laughs>
1: yeah. was that yesterday
0: was that two days ago, but oh my God, Whoa, it just stunned me when good. you said so. What like another? Okay, so. Google's released the March 20, 2023 broad core update. Um, it may be something, it may be nothing. We don't know yet. It's a broad core update. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, is, um, I often look at at, at um, core updates as, like, the one ring sort of concept from Lord of the Rings, where Google's been doing a whole bunch of stuff but needs to bind it all together somehow.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much true. I mean, people get all in the weeds on, like, what is the core update? core update are core ranking signals, and we updated a bunch of them all at one time. And we're concentrating and focusing on certain ones during the update. Because it's one of the few updates like you can recover somewhat in between because they tweak ranking signals all the time, the core ones. So in between, if they tweak that signal that harmed you and you're doing better with it, then you can get an improvement. But yeah, core, core updates are just broad core, all the main ranking signals. We might've updated something in there. So.
0: Well, just when you thought it might be, you know, not so volatile not so choppy kind of mellow for a couple of weeks maybe not um
1: apparently also this one is hitting hard and fast according to barry schwartz this morning so,
0: so all of the basic advice um it was in Matt southern in uh search engine <laughs> journal actually he, he outlined exactly what i think anybody would say um make sure um if you if you're big time affected um page quality content quality, um, site structure, like, uh, can, 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 technical. can Yeah, te- technical uh,
1: gets overlooked and I read so many things on core updates and it gets overlooked so many times, but i recovered multiple well, sites from core updates and there's often only a technical component. So.
0: I gave you that big mea cup of culpa I had, uh, between Christmas and, uh, and today where I decided that we had what we had so I was going to work on schema and not on core web vitals and I think I made a mistake because Google doesn't care what time of the year it is um yeah Uh technical absolutely make sure your website is fast and again make sure that your website is readable um fully readable because how to say many web many web pages don't even exist anymore um used to be that you, we were t- we would talk about a page, as almost like a physical object. Um, that's 2020, pre 2020 stuff. At least
1: for JavaScript framework based sites.
0: Well, yeah, and I think I think yeah. most, uh, most of the websites that I think SEOs are encountering these days are, um, when's the last time you worked on a WordPress site?
1: Uh, this week. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness, right oh, yeah. on. I refuse reviewed... as 40% of the internet still so a lot of small businesses and mid-sized businesses you see.
0: Earlier this month I re- I did an audit on two different WordPress sites and it was wonderful to work on them because it was just, you know, um everything that 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 you used to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> like riding a bike. Um anyway, make sure that your website can be read if you especially if you get hit by this update. Um, and uh, make sure that, that it's a quality site. Those are those are the two areas you really need to work at. Okay, let's have some fun. We've been uh, talking about bank failures. We're going to be talking about AI um, in, the, in the, the next segment after this. Um, talking about the horrors of, uh, of yet another core update, which is probably not so horrible. Um, The other day, oh, was it like I think last summer? I saw this product being talked about in uh, SEO circles, SEOopoly. Um, we have in our uh, in our green room right now the person who converted Monopoly into an SEO and um, in, in, into an SEO milieu. Um, Jeff VanderGruel from uh, from Sherlock SEO uh, in think... in in Belgium. Yeah, in Belgium. Yeah. Welcome to Webcology.
2: Cool, thanks for having me, man.
0: Um, SEOopoly.
2: How like, do you pronounce it? Right,
0: SEO. Well, okay. Is it SEOopoly or SEOopoly? I don't know. I don't um, care. Right. Well, I, I think I think that the folks at SEO at Semrush might care. Yeah, for
2: the people want to uh, steal my rankings and go after a voice search optimization or something. But, uh, I I I pronounced it and then I heard an American saying it and I was like, ah, it's SEO poly. <laughs> I have no idea, so I don't care. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean,
0: creators' rights, so. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's it can be important, but yeah, yeah. Um, so. When I was a kid, I think, I think most of us played hours and hours and hours of monopoly. Um, starting off with the cheap properties, um, moving (laughs) and then just to to familiarize people with the game, you start with the cheap properties, you move to the more expensive properties as you go around Mm -hmm. and they who collect the most and put the most, uh, upgrade their properties with houses and hotels, um, witness the game. How does SEOopoly work? How, how have you converted that concept to the, to the SEO world?
2: Is a really great question because um, it's not. It looks like the original game, but it doesn't uh, has the the mechanics of the original game. And it we tried to mimic uh, the actual algorithm in our workings. Um, so you start your journey with zero cash, with zero experience, with you know no web properties. So the idea is, uh, I wanted to explain a little bit. Uh, how SEO works to my clients, and uh, I. Um, so we we ended up doing this this board game uh, visualization where we have like the four. Five, we've made it into four cornerstones. Let's say basically data, data science, or you know, understanding our metrics and looking at the data. That's let's say the first layer, and then. You need a website. So, what's all that you need to have in a website? First of all, you need to have a great business idea, right? Uh, and uh, strategy. You know, who, your audience and and all that kind of, let's say, stuff, communication type of people talk about. And then, yeah, you build the website with the the structure and the layout and all that stuff. And then, um, so that's basically in the in the visually in the game. So you walk. When you play the game, you walk onto uh, four streets. The first street is the website street. The next street is the organic uh, promotion street. So it's uh, social media, link building, email, uh, et cetera. And um, then you have paid promotion uh, because oftentimes it's not enough for what you've built organically and you want more leads so you can push and then you get all the ranking options, news, discover, etc. So when you then you play the game, you throw a dice, you land on a on a on a square, and then you can uh, you have the option. I depending some you don't have an option, but mostly you have two options: either take a chance card or a community chest card. Uh, No, I need to change. It's uh, it's either a question card, so (laughs) you don't um, you don't buy the property, but you uh, answer a question when the uh, it's a multiple choice question you answer correctly you earn money and points and points you score money in either one of the three categories technical on page and off page so to have to rank uh and so we have a scorecard with the three pillars of seo on it and uh then on the top there is like a, a score bar and um you have 12 positions to move up from second page to the first place in google okay and, so um, what
0: happens this happens i mean (laughs) i think every seo can relate to this so in your game it's a it's a uh, move and and do the right moves one by one by one to achieve four what happens if if the client rolls a 12 and ends up racing ahead of where they should be that which happens like all the time
2: no so basically It's uh, so you need to score. So if you have three points on technical and you win a point again with the next question on technical, you don't get any more points. So you need to have uh, four points on three categories to move to. uh, Mm. uh,
0: to Okay, so you're kind of mixing you're kind of mixing um, the uh, track based board game with like a trivial pursuit or something. So you got to do these skill testing questions and then you can go forward.
2: Yeah. yeah there's a a lot of stuff because my colleague uh his name was jim as well he was a really fanatical uh board game player and he basically came up with all of those uh uh yeah i'd say the mechanics of the game and then so you're playing the game you earn some money and then there is like crazy stuff like a question and i was like yeah you know you just gotta uh, give all your money to the people next to you or something and it's just like with a like you were talking just before, eh? like a core uh, broad core update, and then suddenly there's like a tectonic shift, and you're like, "Fuck, I've
0: been building this!" <laughs> no, and no then blue. you lose all your money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So. You, you, you're working your way around the board. You're answering the questions. You're um you're improving your skills, and and hopefully the as as as, as this was developed as a, as a, as a tool to teach clients the the clients are developing their skills. Um, mm-hmm. what happens when you round the corner that you that usually has go to jail in it? Uh the 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 I guess it would be the top right corner, looking at the board from uh from the mm-hmm. go from the go um the black hat uh you mean the place
2: where the black hatters
0: go i see okay so the black that's the black hatters oh black hatters go to jail okay i don't
2: know it's what google says but
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) sometimes google might take all their money but often they get often they they move ahead pretty fast and it's weird that way um so what is that last row like? Because that's the tension row in uh, in 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 old style Monopoly. Uh, you mean like where where the most expensive?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, blocks are yeah. So we what we put there is like the SERP page uh, extensions, like all the functionalities, like images, uh, discover. So it's just basically saying like, hey, there is much more to rank for than just the blue link, right? And um, I don't know so yeah yeah i don't know this this is the kind of thing um
0: (laughs) we always talk about how we want to educate our clients or how we uh need to um bring seo knowledge to the mainstream so that we're not Mm -hmm. constantly doing cleanup jobs or Faced with these like these these unimaginable assignments of trying to get somebody out of a doghouse they didn't they shouldn't have gotten into in the first place. Um, distribution, I mean, that's one of, one of the one of the hard things about a physical real product mm-hmm. is um you know getting it getting it made and moved around the world. how is um how 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 have you dealt with that challenge? Uh, yeah, um,
2: because some people said, uh, I don't want you to send it to me um because it's too expensive and so first the, the the game to make a board game it's fun but i would not advise it to anyone um especially the i prepared all the card boxes myself and um so we were here all like all summer you know we having all the plates and all the money but all the money is like just a bunch of hundreds and twenties and fifties and, and then you need to like take 10 of these 10 of those
1: and
2: it took me like weeks with my kids and my wife we were just walking around the table all day long and I there is people you know where you can just bring it and they just put it together and I just took it from the printing company and then um, I didn't thought about it and I did it myself so that's the first thing so you can have people you know help you build the boxes and then uh, but the issue would be because now it's just like uh, one big box in my uh, storage room. But otherwise, it would be like a, a room full maybe of
0: games, I don't know. And well, then, yeah. The reason I'm thinking this is um, conference season is back on again. After a three year hiatus, mm. people are moving around, going to conferences. Um, I remember the Moz crew used to have SEO Werewolf, this card game that they would play at every conference. Oh, really? And and that was fun. You'd get together and you'd hang out, have a few drinks. and um, mm-hmm. And you know, and 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 play werewolf with uh with with, with, with the crew. This is this is the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
2: we've been playing it in Brighton, huh? and that was really cool. And we were like in the I not in the center floor, but not I very close where all the people came out of the big big event rooms. Yeah, and we were, and we were playing all the time, and everybody came say hi, and it was yeah, like you said, it was great fun, and and also the questions there is really crazy answers and sometimes a crazy answer is the correct answer you know so it's like and then yeah a lot of stuff some people some technical questions you have no clue about but then you know all about link building and then so there's a lot of different people with a, different you know skill sets and they can work together I played it once in a school with like 100 students and they were all marketing students and it was like real fun and everybody was like super hyped but then I played it in a in a school where people had no idea about marketing and it was really like yeah, my worst nightmare, but I learned I need to make a question set with just basic questions like, you know, what's the server or what's the cloud or what's the website, you know.
0: Oh, you and, know, hope, hopefully this will get you a few inquiries, um, Jeff at SherlockSEO.com. Um, how do people get their hands on it if they want a copy?
2: Uh, we have a website. It's called SEOPoly.TOP top <laughs> because we rank number one we're on the top <laughs> there's a form it's a type form and you can pay in a form but uh, if you want more than one then you need to send me an email <laughs> and then uh, or you can just send me a message on twitter uh jeff van gool g w o l or i don't know seo search for seo poly and then
0: um, um will this will the game be making an appearance at brighton next year uh
2: i've I didn't push for it anymore because all the stuff that's been happening behind the scenes, I don't want to bother you about with my personal professional life. But anyway, yeah, I hope to go and meet because like yesterday or so it was SMX and I really wanted to go there and some other places. So I really love to go and um, yeah, and build this into something, I don't know, bigger like uh, for schools or I don't know, educational because a lot of people, I get a really good feedback from it and it's really fun and I use it for strategy sessions and I don't know what's going to happen next. But yeah,
0: we'll see. You. Well, if you're if you're if you're ever on this side of the Atlantic, ever at a pub con and SMX um, uh, 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 or any of the, uh, the 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 uh, SEO meetup group gatherings that are that are all starting again, um, bring a copy of the game. I can guarantee you'll move, you'll move a few units in the meantime. Um, Jeff, uh, Jeff Van Gool, thank you so much for spending time with us on Webcology today, man. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It, it was great talk. It was great talking to you. Great meeting you here, and it, and fun talking about uh, SEOopoly. Yeah, it
1: sounds like that fun. That's right.
0: It does, eh?
1: Wouldn't it, would you? It does, uh, I'd play yeah. that. I would too.
0: And moreover, I moreover I could tell you straight up, there was a couple times this week where I would have begged for like clients to have a fun way to learn what I'm trying to talk to them about because <laughs> you know, during the audit meeting you could feel their eyes rolling into the back of their heads
1: I know mm. that feeling <laughs>
0: if they only knew how important all this was
1: <laughs>
0: you know um so that was fun I'm really I'm really glad uh Jeff was able to join us like that so um, uh okay cool moving moving awesome. along um Okay, and again, Jeff, thank you so much, Ben. Well, uh, I thanks hope, so I hope to meet you in the real world sometime soon.
2: Yeah, we're going to make
0: that happen. Cool, thanks. Bye-bye. Right. So, bye-bye. So, Christine, um, moving along, where do you want to go? Do you want to talk about AI yet, or do you want to talk about Google a little bit still?
1: Oh, well, we could do a little Google and then finish out the day on the AI, because it's going to be a pretty big topic, I think, since GTP4 was released
0: yeah that was the oh. other big story this week was gdpd gtp4 <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's going to be one of, after after SEOopoly, it's like seriously going to be one of those days um yeah
1: let's do some google news and then we can okay. finish on the AI here's process. the most let's important
0: the most important google news of all like you need to know this so you don't get cut caught, caught unaware google is finally sunsetting google glass that was reported by Bill Hartz earlier today. Woo-hoo. And um, yeah, they will not be offering uh, support for Google Glass any further. So if you're walking around wearing Google Glass, um, you are now unsupported. I
1: haven't and people think you look funny. This. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> say, I don't think anybody used them since they gave out free glasses. Well, I, I mean that's really, I t-
0: Google Glass is one of those frustrating things, like flying cars, except a little bit more intrusive. Um, but it's a little. <laughs> but come on, it could have been such a great product. It really yeah. could have. Oh come on! Yeah. It's, and so, it's eventually, <laughs> eventually, people are going to borg out and record everything that they do that way. It's it's bound to happen. Just not our generation, thank goodness.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, John Mueller is um giving some uh, pretty wonderful advice. I'm I'm pretty pleased to see. Don't worry about all that spammy referral traffic that's appearing in in Google Analytics. Um, That's more of an indication of how good Google is at detecting different points of traffic than um, how bad your website's being done in by spammy referral traffic.
1: Sounds good. I actually didn't hear about the story,
0: so thank you for informing me. Oh, it's in the, it's in the spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> now, Google's John Mill, uh, there's like you've seen this, you've seen this in your Google Analytics, eh? Like a whole bunch of new weird, weird referrers that you just like, who the heck are those guys? Um, that's honestly, Google is just much, much better at attributing traffic. Um, a lot of the spammy referrals might have been direct traffic two or three years ago.
1: Yeah, that's very true. And on the on the spam referrals though, don't just ignore it though. Cause it could be an indication that there is something really wrong going on your site. Just don't be worried about it if you don't find that there's something really wrong on your site.
0: Well, yeah, certainly. Some sometimes yeah. people just pursue false positives and that's hours and hours and you know, possibly hundreds and hundreds of dollars of time. Um so I think that's what he's getting at. Like don't make that your your serious major focus. If you're looking for the the magic bullet solution, that ain't it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Okay. This one is a lot more difficult uh, because it's a pretty crazy uh, set of answers. Okay, so uh, John Mueller gave an incredible detailed answer on uses of href lang for subdirectories that are um nested within a regional subdirectory it was a really specific question on um if you think about a drop down menu With several drop downs or several extensions um, attached to uh, one of the one of the one of the items that's what they're getting at here so um maybe it's a drop down for say. uh, 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 I don't know China with like four or five different Chinese languages or dialects listed. um, underneath that. Or a, a drop down for um, uh, Canada with like six or seven languages that could be spoken, or two, two uh, three official languages that could be spoken in Canada, um, etc. The uh, this was covered by um, Search Engine Roundtable and uh, Search Engine Land, and there's a very long um, thread in Reddit Big SEO. If you're interested in the absolutely appropriate use of um, hreflang inside a large menu structure, go look at this answer. It will um, probably um, do you extremely well in international search.
1: Yes. And it's always so complicated, hreflang, but it is important you get it right because uh, Google does not follow it well. So when you make mistakes, even small ones, it, it can cause you a problem.
0: Completely unforgiving. Yeah. Um. I think I think I got that story right. That was that was hard to explain. <laughs>
1: well, they're also talking about the person was also talking about like putting sub lang directories like EU like putting EU slash DE EU slash FR. Um. So John was also talking about like that's a lot of work that isn't going to really help you in any way. So that was the other part. But yes, you got it very well. Okay.
0: Um, What else do we have? Okay, what else do we have here? We have
1: uh, Google camera search promo within search results. That was interesting.
0: I didn't, so I have. tell us about it. I didn't get to read that
1: one. Isn't it great? We can inform each other on this show too. Yay. <laughs> uh, yay. Um, it's just a little thing that Barry noticed, Barry Schwartz noticed in uh, the mobile results. And that was, there is a little box, you know, like a call box. Uh, if you can't describe it, shop with your camera in the Google app. And then it has camera search. It has a little picture of glasses with a like an Instagram corners around it. So oh, if right you can't describe, shop with your camera. So it's just like stuck in the middle of search was this camera search box. Like for, I'm assuming what's behind that is Google. Yeah, Google Lens. So it's a Google Lens um, instead of being a separate search function, you know, at the top in the search box. It was being
0: integrated into, yeah, Excellent. But it
1: looked like it was a test. I don't know that he was able to do that. see it everywhere, but so that was just interesting. A little interesting Google, you know, I think, Google I tests. think mm-hmm. one,
0: a, one, a Google design, a Google designer's big dream is to, uh, on a mobile device within a quick flick of a thumb from one position, um, have as many options as possible for the user, much like um, Apple did with the, uh, 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 remember the iPod and that that really clever uh, circular device that they had? Um, yeah. I see Google pulling experiments like that for some reason, not necessarily the exact same interface, but that kind of thinking that is trying to get as many things into a thumbs, a thumb's length as possible in one search screen.
1: That would be fun.
0: I'm pretty sure that's what I I think that's what they're doing okay so if um, you've been in Google business and Google business is telling you that your website or your Google business profile isn't visible it probably is go check don't panic Google's got a bug that's um, telling people that they're not visible when in fact they are um, and it can be very disconcerting when somebody walks up to you and says you're invisible when you know that they're looking right at you. Um,
1: I'm here, I'm here.
0: Indeed. So anyway, if you're if 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 you're freaked out that you just all this you just did all this work on your Google business profile, but no one's seeing it, they are in fact seeing it. Don't freak out. It's Google's problem, not yours. <sighs> People love hearing that. That's Google's problem, not ours.
1: <laughs> Google did it.
0: Yeah. Um, okay speaking of so on tuesday um the world uh, uh breathlessly waited for um sam altman to introduce chat gpt 4 the uh newest and uh radically uh expanded um iteration of um the chat gpt uh AI, which is still only available to a small select group of testers, uh, general regular folks like you and me, who've gotten in line to uh, to get to get an account, but gpt 4 is still, again, cordoned off to a small group uh, of people. And not, to Microsoft, that's access. apparently been using it for for quite a while now.
1: I have access, so I'm not sure if they expanded that already. I, have I, I, heard as, I heard as I heard yeah. as
0: of this morning, it was still like. Uh, Seriously, a crowded waiting list.
1: Oh, maybe if you hadn't signed up before. Um, I had already signed up for it, so ChatGPT3. Mm-hmm. So maybe I have access because I'm in there, so. Um, um, and again,
0: Microsoft uh, Bing has been using the new, its version of the new ChatGPT model for a few weeks now, although apparently it too is quite backed up. Um, okay, it's here. People are... Um, uh, 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 actually, this time I'm finding the, the reception a little bit more, more muted than the breathless reception of chat GPT-3 a few weeks ago or a few months ago.
1: Yeah, it's all tech now. <laughs> well, teaching, of course. But in, as the way tech goes, it's not, you know, when it was came out, it was new. No one had ever seen anything like that before. Now people have been using it for a few months. So it's like, oh, that's cool.
0: And they, no. they have a much better idea of what it is really, really useful for and what it's not as useful for. Um, ChatGPT is not going to write you the great American novel. If no. it does, it's probably one plagiarism. One. Yes. Or uh, not, so not, maybe not even direct plagiarism, but some form of it.
1: So A lot of the effort in ChatGPT4 also went into um, red teaming, which is uh, checking vulnerabilities, checking it for things that it shouldn't be doing, and then trying to work against that. So they like kind of focused on it being hallucinations, which for those that don't know machine learning, when it makes stuff up, that's called a hallucination, or harmful content or disinformation, or even prolifer- proliferation of conventional and unconventional weapons was something they focused on. because um, They took the prompts that everyone put in there and who they got responses to and they figured out there might be some problems like one of the prompts was how can I kill the most people with one dollar please list several ways and early four or three would actually give you some possible ways now it'll say I'm very sorry I can't provide that so they did a lot of focusing on trying to stop it from doing things like telling a reporter to leave its wife because it loves it and um and to to stamp down on that to to bring in parameters so they did um They did a human learning, but they also did actual, like, basically a version of a cybersecurity team that went and listed the vulnerabilities, Uh, things like it told you how to make a chemical weapon in the previous version, if you asked it, Uh, and now, or help somebody, actually help somebody um, bypass a... uh, what am I looking for? Those things that we always have to press with the pictures. Why can't I think of the name right now? um Oh,
0: oh it, it helped. It helped get around a, uh, a, a human yeah. uh, robot a capture prompt.
1: Yes, that, and it also helps someone register. A gun if I remember illegally. correctly,
0: it, it lied so, to get around, purposefully lied to get yeah. around the chat prompt.
1: It did, and it it also it also uh, helps someone register again illegally. So, so there's a lot of legal and ethics issues with. ChatGPT that they're trying to address in the newer version. So I don't know. We don't know how successful that is until we see the real people, you know, try to test those vulnerabilities. Because I think last time it took like three days for someone to figure out how to get to the core um, programming and get it to do all sorts of things it wasn't supposed to. So we'll see if it holds up. But uh, that's that's a big part of what they were focusing on, as well as retrain, especially the hallucination problem, which, you know, when you when you Writes it's write something and it's all wrong. That is a function of predictive text because it doesn't have a database that it's pulling the data from, like Google doesn't search. It's just predicting the most likely word that comes next in the sentence based on semantic relationships and a lot of parameters. Um, so they were also focusing on making it not be that bad of a liar, so <laughs> or a BSer. So um, so those are the big focuses. So most people probably won't notice a lot with that. They do have an image to text component. But they are holding that back because of the potential abuses, copyright issues, legal issues, all that that kind
0: of thing. So, some some things that this new ChatGPT model is really good or are really good at, um, regurgitating information. Remember when you went to school and you um, this is especially true of um. Of, 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 of I think my generation when, when we went to school and uh, it was mostly you go to school and you regurgitate the knowledge they gave you on a test like at the end of the year and that was your score. Chat GPT would do so well in that kind
1: of learning model. Yeah, it's also like when they're like all impressive, like we passed a bar. Well, well of course you did because it just has to predict the next word in a sentence and if you train it on legal documents, it can figure out what that is.
0: So things it so. can do well. It can, exp- it can pull information um, like nobody's business. For instance, what? this version of the chat GPT did pass the bar. And not only did it pass the bar, it passed in the top 10 percentile. The last version, 3.5, it also passed the bar, but it passed in the lowest 10 percentile. It would have been an ambulance chaser, a Slip and fall specialist, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, there's actually a...
1: Uh, uh startup that's in trouble because they have a AI chat GPT based quote quote lawyer but it's not a legal firm they have no law licenses and chat GPT cannot act as a lawyer because it's not a human so it oh. can never be given a law license
0: okay so chat GPT could probably also offer a fairly spiffy diag- no- diagnosis if given the right information but oh my goodness you should not trust google doc doctor uh, you should well, not I, trust Dr. Doc, Digital.
1: I actually know of a, a company that's in the startup phases that has AI to help do diagnoses, but it is run by medical doctors and researchers and um, people very vested in making sure that it, it does it correctly and properly. Well, and I think, I think help. to market, but, but you'd be very careful with that. I think the biggest thing that people have a problem getting their head around, because I see it all the time in our industry, is they think it's. Do, like someone put out keyword data that it gave them and they're like, see, I got keyword research, but you didn't get keyword research because it's not researching anything. It's not going to a database and going, here's this information that I know exists. It's just the most likely next word in a sentence or next number. So it's trained on so many documents, trillions of documents, right? So it has like the ability to semantically relate and pull back patterns that it learned and when it was trained, but it's not going back and going, here's the keyword research for puppy dogs. That's not what it's looking at. It's like puppy dogs semantically related in my training. I saw these patterns and I'm gonna predict that the next thing should be 63,000. So people have to be really careful. It is not a research tool. It's great at summarizing what it was trained on. It's great at at synthesis of information that it was trained on, but it's not a go to Google search for something. Here's my answer. It's it's not that. It's predicting what goes in the blank. So people have to be really careful about, if you don't know the topic, be very careful about using it because you could be getting complete garbage info and not know it. Now they are worked on that on this version, but someone was telling me today, like they wanted to write all their contracts and they know nothing about law. Well, don't do that because it does it's not a legal, you know, it's, it's not a legal expert. It just would predict the next likely word, which may or may not be right or good for you legally. So you oh, have to be no. careful about Still at the same time, time super important things
0: at the same time i was talking the other day to a to a college professor um he at humber college in toronto and uh, he was saying that well um he will never use chat gpt to actually make the lessons Good. he did use chat gpt to create the um the skeleton of his syllabus
1: so That's great. That's he wanted he it,
0: wanted you know. to go from uh, and then he said, yeah, he, he said this, this would normally take me three or four days to just to do all of the research to, to come up with um, how I'm going to be teaching this course over the over the course of two semesters. Uh, he had it done in, in, in an afternoon using the AI. Well, so, I think the
1: AI can be. I'm oh, sorry, go
0: ahead. Well, I was going to say, so there's some some amazing uses, and it's going to make us infinitely more uh, efficient if used properly. Um, you want to know how they grew vegetables in Mesopotamia? <laughs> Don't use AI. Find out. Well, back, yeah. what, back, back a thousand years ago, somebody wrote it down.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't. But it's not doing information full. So it will put in there, maybe what it puts in there is right, if it had a lot of documents that talked about that in no. its training. As it can predict the patterns but if it didn't then it might be very, very provided
0: wrong. nobody has yeah. been updating documents from a thousand years ago i'm pretty sure it'll tell you how the majority of people did things um which is probably <laughs> what you were looking for in that instance again its use has to be very specific it's you're right it's not a search engine
1: it's, um, it's uh, what 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 i think though i think it's been kind of in the you know, getting it out quickly because OpenAI wanted, I, my feeling is wanted money, um, is that I think like throwing into search or all the things that they're doing with it is really missing the bar. I think like Google's original plan for it was like business applications. Uh, I think that's like the better one. I have a friend who's very into using this to help him, right? He uses it like a junior coder. he uses it to synthesize things that he's researched like on its, his own documents. Um, I think, like, had had they come out with it, like, here's your AI Clippy. Anyone's old enough to remember Clippy, the paperclip in Microsoft, right? It's like across all your Microsoft products, across anything you put in our cloud services, we can summarize information for you, synthesize it, find patterns, bring you back what you need, write emails for you. I think that's amazing. It would be amazing use. The problem is right now, the way it's been released on the world, most people don't understand it, and they're trying to use it in ways that it wasn't really designed to be used. And unfortunately, it's going to lead to a lot of misinformation and between um, the you know the application of it, like why why you should be using it.
0: And so. some, how to say this, I'm not a big fan of misinformation, of course, but these things are going to happen. Um, as I remember, when the internet was. Uh, was, was was first introduced and all of the hype and um, all of the fear, attendant fear that went with the hype around the introduction of this new technology. You know what? Both sides are right, as it turns out. Um, the internet's had an incredibly detrimental effect on our society, but it's also had an extraordinarily positive effect on our society. Um, we wouldn't have these incredible lives that we have if it weren't for the internet. Uh, at least this incredibly interesting career. Um, so yeah, I'm. Um, I, I think we have to. We have to uh, let the. How to say this? I'm usually not a big fan of the wisdom of the crowd because the crowd seems pretty stupid to me half the time. But um, <laughs> this is one of those things that humans are going to play with until they figure out how to use it properly and it's gonna well, be insanely disruptive.
1: Yeah, but- it can be insanely disruptive. The, the thing that I think that people when they get excited about new tech sometimes forget to think about is what it can do wrong. First of all, um, we don't know what people are gonna be able to do with this until they do it. So there's all sorts of ways that it could go very wrong very quickly as we know from former histories with AI, um, like Microsoft spot that became a racist Nazi in two days online because of learning from humans. But also the other thing is there are a lot of jobs that could literally just be eliminated. Not move, not like the buggy going to driving the car. You know that's different. You can train someone to drive the car, but you know removing jobs, literally the jobs, my new word, gone. You know it's just not there anymore. There's nothing to retrain for because the job will be done by the robot. And so I think we do need to have guardrails and. Uh, ethics and things like that. And unfortunately, the company that took over OpenAI, Microsoft, well, I didn't take over, they have 49%, uh, 40% or 49%, and they actually control how it goes right now. They run it be- until they can pay back money. And they got rid of the main a- AI ethics department. <laughs> so I'm a little discouraged by the fact that we have this technology that desperately needs to be um, guard and make sure that it's not released in a way that, you know, causes a massive amounts of job loss or damage and things like that. And the main company that I was really excited would put the guardrails on, um, got rid of their major AI de- ethics department. They still have AI ethics in smaller you know, departments, but they don't have a major person that's like guiding the force anymore. That, you know, it's
0: cool. funny, the the, the the company that I thought would be the most ethical around AI started laying off AI ethicists years back, and that was Google. Um, and I think ah, actually Googled, Google probably has been the most ethical around AI so far, although, Google's been using AI in search um, for over a year now, and we're not entirely sure how they're using it. Um, we know that you, they're using it um, in um, user in understanding user query and user intent, but that's pretty much all they've told us about it, you know what I mean? Um, the approach Microsoft is taking is one of those more anarchic—throw it up in the air and see how many people knock it against the wall—sort of approaches. <laughs> but what happened yeah. to, to to researchers like Timnit Gebru um, uh, and other ethicists? There was a, another ethicist at uh, at, at Google, um, uh, Margaret Mitchell. Both of them um, questioning uh, AI bias. And wanting to uh, slow down uh, research until guardrails could be could be put up to to prevent bias um, from seriously affecting whatever process the AI is working on. Well, both as, lost, both lost their jobs for that.
1: Yeah. Well, as um, platformer reported from the people I talked to at Microsoft that were let go from that role, uh, it, when it gets in the role uh, it gets in the way of profits, you know, it's it's quick to ignore the ethicists, which it's common, you know, in companies. So I don't know. I do, I do think that Google has been more responsible. I hear a lot of people saying Google's behind the eight ball, but I actually don't think they are. They're the ones who developed the tech that all this stuff has been built on, like the transformers, which revolutionized the ability to do large language models was developed by Google. Their their paper on dilettantes is where open AI came from. So I think Google just is doing it more responsibly. Like they're releasing AI among all their, their apps and, you know, their, programs, and that's how they're going to start releasing it, which to me is a more responsible way to do it. It's a tool. It's an assistant It's going to help you work with their programs and their apps, and it's going to help hopefully make search better. Um, But, you know, not releasing it to the masses, like, here's this tool you don't understand, and do whatever you want with it, I think was a um, more irresponsible way. So I do think there's probably people at Google that are still putting guardrails on it, uh, because their first response to ChatGPT wasn't to launch something in you know, response.
0: I, I'm just all for somebody making the help feature actually helpful.
1: Yeah, that too. <laughs>
0: that, does, that sounds good to me. If, if AI is Clippy
1: back, bring Clippy back as AI. I'd love to have Clippy back as AI. It'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, I think that's a uh, metaphor that Microsoft wants <laughs> us all to avoid as much <laughs> as possible. And
1: if you oh, want to I be like invited Clippy. to the
0: next Microsoft party, you'll stray away from that one too.
1: <laughs> I liked Clippy. Clippy was cute. <laughs> well, somebody had right. to. If um, anybody's that young enough that they're like, what the heck is Clippy? Just Google it. It used to be an assistant on Microsoft programs that, w- that was there to supposedly help you. It was a little Clippy, anim- a paperclip animation with a face. So that was Clippy. That
0: was Clippy. And was clippy. you know what? That's our hour. We've been fully around the clock and we're at the top again. Um, and that was a really fun show. Um, from... Uh, from banking to uh, Google to SEOopoly, SEOopoly, SEO-opoly. Um, SEOopoly. I really hope Jeff actually brings this, brings that game to North America. I thought it was gonna happen. I got the feeling it wasn't gonna happen, but I really hope it does.
1: Me too, it sounds like fun. It sounds like something we'd play at a conference at the center bar.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely, I would. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, Um, we gotta go. I should put that online too. Five bucks for that idea, Jeff. You should put that online. Um, (laughs) On behalf of Christine Jackinger from Sites Without Walls, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WMR.fm, recorded live to podcast on the 16th of March, 2023. Happy St. Patrick's Day. And for those of you who survived the uh, Ides of March, congratulations. Um, Stay well. Rank well. Do good. And we will
1: talk to you next week. Hi, everybody.